Welcome to my canning cellar, episode 17, Dandelion Jelly. I've been reading for months about how folks have been canning dandelion jelly, and they said it tastes just like honey. But I was resistant to try it because I felt that the flowers belonged to the bees. However, as I noticed that our dandelions were quickly turning into fuzzballs, I decided to go out in the field and pick some while I could. We have lots of fields, and none of the fields have ever had any kind of chemical spray, so I knew our dandelions would be safe. So there's four parts of the dandelion to take into consideration. There's the blossom or the flower itself, the petals, the green part that cradles the blossom, and the stem. The only parts you use are the blossoms, but it's the petal parts that need to be measured. And you want to make sure you don't get any of that green cradle part because that, they say, is very bitter. I ended up making a low sugar version of the jelly because that's the pectin I had on hand. And I incorporated several steps from different recipes to make my own. So one recipe called for 8 to 10 cups of blossoms, and I didn't actually measure mine. I just picked and picked till I didn't want to pick anymore, and then I didn't have enough, so I did have to go back and pick more. So anyway, it doesn't take more than a few minutes for the blossoms to shrink up to nothingness, and it makes it a lot harder to pull the petals free of the green part. And it wasn't very fun picking the petals off. I was so concerned about making sure I didn't get any of the bitter green in it that I kept Googling photos because I wanted to make sure I wasn't getting the green from the petals confused with the green from the bitter cradle part. And now because I may just be confusing myself, I'll stop talking about the green. Here's a hint I read about, but I didn't have to use this. If you don't get enough dandelions for jelly, you can freeze the blossoms you do have until you have time to go pick some more. So I ended up using these ingredients. Four cups of loosely packed dandelion petals, which supposedly was about eight to ten cups of dandelion blossoms, but I didn't really measure as I was picking. So, the four cups of loosely packed dandelion petals, a third cup of powder pectin, two tablespoons of lemon juice, and four cups of white sugar. Now some jellies can be made without using added pectin, but a dandelion doesn't have its own natural pectin, so we need to help it set. So to the petals, I added two quarts of water, and I boiled that all together for three minutes in my Dutch oven fry pan. The result looked pretty gnarly, almost like a yellowish-brownish batch of spinach. And then I let it cool for a couple of hours, as the longer it sat, the more yellow it became. I wanted to try to get it a pretty yellow without having to add a drop of yellow food coloring, which I was totally prepared to do if I had to. So once that was cooled, I strained the mixture through a small whole colander, and I used a large spoon to smush as much liquid out as I could. And the end result is what is known as dandelion tea. I wasn't happy with the sediment that was still in that tea, so I strained it a second time through one of those vintage funnel strainers, the kind you might see that often come with the wooden pusher thing. That didn't get rid of all the sediment either, so then I strained it a third time, so I put a coffee filter inside my other vintage funnel strainer. Then for the fourth time, I put a paper towel inside the first strainer I'd used after I'd washed it out and decided that all the sediment I was going to get out was out. At this point, I had dirtied the Dutch oven fry pan, two Dutch oven pots, three strainers, three different size measure cups, 
two pairs of scissors that I used off and on to cut the petals off to try to save my hand. Plus, twice I had to retrieve and wash the same wooden spoon that kept flying onto the floor. And FYI, the dandelion stained my white plastic Tupperware measure cup, so keep that in mind if you're using something that you care a lot about. So finally, after all that straining, I measured up four cups of the dandelion tea, I poured it into a freshly cleaned Dutch oven pot, added the lemon juice and the pectin. One mistake I made was I dumped the third cup of powdered pectin into the tea instead of sprinkling it, and so it clumped. So I used my immersion blender to smooth it out. I only had the loose pectin on hand, so I had researched that a third cup equaled a normal sized box of powdered pectin if that's what you have on hand. I let that mixture come to a hard boil on high heat, and then I added the four cups of sugar. Once it came back to a hard boil that I could not stir down, I let it boil for two minutes. I knew I was going to use the water bath cycle on my digital canner so I had already put my jars through the warming cycle. If I had been going to use the stovetop water bath canner, I would have set my jars in very hot water until ready to use. So after that two-minute boiling time, I skimmed off the white foam that was on top, as the foam takes up room in the jar that could be better used for the actual jelly. But I did save the foam for taste-testing purposes. Using my canning funnel to fill the jars, and it took just over a quarter cup to fill my four ounce jars. I wiped each rim with a vinegar soaked cloth, I put the lids on, and I finger tightened the ring. Some folks identify finger tight as using just a pointer finger and the thumb to screw on the ring. Some say tighten the jar and then turn it back about a quarter turn. The time called for 10 minutes processing in the water bath, and I got 12 four ounce jars of jelly plus a pint of leftover tea I didn't know what to do with at the time that I'm recording. I water bathed 10 of the jars, and I left two out to put in the fridge, one for my mother-in-law, who has some kind of my jelly almost every day, and then one for us. Although jelly or jam often has to set for 24 to 48 hours to gel up, I had to peek at mine early, and they did set up nicely. And I did not add the yellow food coloring, because I liked the yellow it turned out to be. And I really like the jelly flavor, and it does taste like honey. And although mine isn't quite as clear as some I've seen online, I'll take it, because it's all done. And like I tell my granddaughter, if she gets frustrated with her cake decorating, the only one who knows that there's been a goof is the baker. I've read that using regular pectin as opposed to low-sugar stuff makes for a more honey-flavored dandelion jelly, and maybe I'll try that someday. But then again... Probably not, and I'll tell you why at the end of this episode. So I hope this gives you incentive to try something new, because I, for one, never ever thought I'd make something out of a flower. And then I did further research, and I realized that dandelions not only are not the first most important food source for bees, but dandelions also lack vital amino acids and nutrients that bees need. They're simply not a quality food source for bees, so I helped squash any residual guilt I had for using them. So, when I was done, and I mean the jelly was done, the jars were out on the table, the kitchen was finally cleaned. I then started sneezing and sneezing for 45 minutes straight. I do have seasonal allergies, so no surprise I would be sneezing, but the surprise is that I wasn't attacked until after I was done playing in the flowers. This was at 10.30 at night. 
So unless Dandelion Jelly is the only one left in the universe for me to ever make, I probably won't ever do it again, just because I suffered so greatly that entire night. Thanks again for visiting my canning cellar. Talk soon. Stay safe.